Welcome to the Solo Podcast. My name is Johnny Diaz, and I'm going to try my hardest to review the film The Whale and The Father. It's quite ambitious of me, I think, but I want to challenge myself, so here we go. Oh, one last thing. Also on this episode, I'm going to be giving you my Oscar picks for the 2023 Academy Awards this year that are happening on Sunday, so a little bonus extra feature here because uh, these movies are pretty sad, and I figured we'd end it on a high note. So I'll be giving you my Oscar picks at the end of the episode. So tune in for that. And thanks so much. Here we go. The Whale starts off with Brandon Fraser, who plays this character who is morbidly obese. And basically he finds out that he's about to die. And the way he finds out is by masturbating to gay porn because he's a gay man. But, you know, he finishes and then he feels like his heart kind of like fucking with him. Thankfully, somehow, some way, someone's at the door knocking, banging at the door. And he's like, just come in, come in, please. Someone walks in and then it's just like one of those, uh, have I, can I tell you about the Lord people? Um, you know, because I don't think he's necessarily Jehovah's Witness. I think it's just a random missionary dude. Missionary dude? Yeah, I guess. Anyway, he comes in and he's like, yo, uh, what's happening? He's like, please, I'm having a heart attack. I need to call my friend or whatever. And then the guy's like, I'll call the ambulance. He's like, no, not the ambulance. Can't afford it. Don't want to afford it because shit's expensive because this is America. So he's like, what do I do? And he's like, please just read me this essay. And he's like, what? He's, he's like, read me this essay. He's like, dude, I don't know. And he's like, dude, read me the essay. And he's like, uh, whatever. Guy's panicking. And he's like, this will help. He's like, read the essay, please. He reads the essay while the guy's getting a heart attack, Brandon Fraser, you know, again, big obese guy. And he's having this heart attack. And then the guy starts reading him the essay. And it's kind of like a review of Moby Dick. And as you're hearing it, it's pretty good, but it's, it's you know, you're only hearing sentences of it, and you're just like, what is happening? We're as confused as this poor kid who just walked in on this man who has his laptop open in gay porn, who is getting a heart attack, who is, again, 600 pounds, and that's how the movie starts. Um, so this is The Whale, and the movie gets more complicated as it goes. It's based on a play, so the entire film pretty much takes place in this apartment that he lives in and i'm gonna give away spoilers so heads up if you want to like come back and listen to this episode do it that way but spoiler alert or spoiler free i'm not this is not gonna be a spoiler free thing because again this film when i saw it i walked away thinking three things one it was incredibly disturbing to watch but i mean that as a compliment and also as a reality the film is not easy to watch it's a man who's dealing with obesity, dealing with binge eating, dealing with eating in general, dealing with obviously a trauma in his life that put him to the position that he's currently in. So again, first thing I thought of while watching the film is something anybody would think of and probably what people thought of enough to scare them away from not watching this film is that it's disturbing. Got past that obviously, and you should too, anyone should, if you can, if you can afford to, obviously not everyone should, but like, if you feel like you should, or you can get through it, get through it, but it is disturbing, the second thing, the most powerful thing is that it is heartbreaking, Um, and I don't mean that as a pun, because the guy's heart is actually failing him, but it's just truly heartbreaking film to watch, because it deals with a lot of trauma, and it teaches you, and shows you, I think, if you don't know, or if we don't know, but People who get this far in life with 
the world being the way that it is and it not affecting them in a psychological perspective is a beautiful thing. God bless. But the world is very difficult to get through. And in this film, the particular trauma that this character, Brandon Fraser, went through was A, he was a closeted gay man who got married, had a kid, and then when that kid was eight years old, had a lover who obviously was outside of his marriage and wanted to be with that lover and turned his back on the wife and kid because he couldn't live a lie of being a straight father. Um, So he leaves the family. Trauma one, trauma two. He's with his husband, finally happy, let's say, with his new partner, and an accident happens to his partner that kills him. He is no longer there. Trauma again. What it shows us in the film is that what leads to him becoming the way that he is now, which is this unfortunately obese person. And I think what's difficult to watch about that is that you can see this and be like, well, fuck him for doing that. But no, you can't, I think. And the reason why you can is because the message behind this film, a lot of it is like people's intention in life, I think at their core is to be good to one another. They want to do that. But life happens and not everyone is perfect and not everyone makes the right decision. And you try your fucking best and you try your hardest to do good and to do well to others and yourself. And in this film, it shows you how sometimes that gets away from you. And I think that's the beauty of this film. What I wanted to focus on specifically was his daughter because she comes back into his life um, in the film. Basically, like he is a teacher. So he realizes or gets told or eventually like through conversation with her finds out that she's not good at school. So what ends up happening is that he's like, hey, I'll help you pass your class if you only need this one class to pass because, sure, then I'll help you through that and I'll write your essays for you. All I want to do is get to know you a little bit, you know, because he realizes he has probably a week left to live based off of this heart that's failing him. And so she's like, fine, but the only reason why she says okay to that is because he offers her $120,000 that he has saved up because he doesn't spend any money and he kept it saved for her knowing that one day he wanted to leave her that money. He doesn't tell her all that. He just says, I'll pay you basically $120,000 for you to spend some time with me. And, you know, she's kind of a brat, rightfully so. Life wasn't easy on her for obvious reasons. And regardless, says, yeah, okay. So she comes by and throughout the film, she makes her appearances obviously. And I think I wanted to focus on her character in particular because it reminded me of my little sister and of most people that are that were teenagers at one point in your lives. And I think a lot of us were. And it just reminded me how shitty it is to be a teenager, to be angry at the world, to not understand your place in it, or to not understand the world, which I mean, you can live your whole life not understanding it. But in particular, when you're going through that in your teenage years, how difficult that can be for all of us and in particular I think this character does a good job of portraying that because she's frustrated she can't figure shit out and it's it's such a pivotal time and I I think in all of our lives and it's how you deal with it and again it's how she dealt with her trauma where she was this great kid ideally when he was part of her life and then bam a dad vanishes and how does she feel now that she doesn't have that void of a father in her life? You know, her her life took her a different path, took him a different path. And we see where they end up now in this film, in this particular time, you know, when this film takes place. Uh, her character's 
incredibly interesting to me because I think she does the the actress forgive me I don't have the note on who it is but she was remarkable because she she gave off this amazing beautiful performance of just frustrated um, mean at times very mean but very accurate as to what it is to be a teenager and I think her performance alone was was worth watching this film if if not for everything else that this film has going for it that being said the film keeps breaking your heart as you keep unfolding it you know it's like you open a door another window of like holy shitness happens and then this door every door you open in this film something else breaks your heart about it and we're in this apartment and we see different rooms of these of this place that he lives and again it's like a metaphor for like i think as you open each door you find out more and it breaks your heart even more difficult heartbreaking and worth it i'll finalize my review of why it's worth it, I think because most things in life are difficult to talk about. This film does it, and I think it, it does put your face in front of it, your eyes in front of it, your ears, your nose, everything. Like You can't avoid this film once you're watching it because of how powerful it is. I think it's worth it because we can't shy away from trauma, I think. I mean, you can, but like it in our own way, we have to process that. And that's why maybe you shouldn't watch it if you're not ready to watch it. And I think that's understandable. I I didn't know really what this film was about. That's why I went in blind. I like to go in blind on a film. It can be scary sometimes, but it can be very rewarding. And I think it was for me this time where it's like, uh, you know, just tell me a story. And, and this film did. And it told me a beautiful story. Anyway, I think that's my review on The Whale. Let's go over to The Father now. Okay, so from one heartbreaking, uh, incredibly difficult movie to the next, this is going to be a tough podcast to listen to for myself or anyone. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But just because both films are very difficult. And I know I'd like to like kind of be like, oh, let's do this and then fucking Mary Poppins. But that's just not what this episode's about today. Because I saw The Whale and then the next day I saw The Father. Again, going in, watching a movie blindly. The Father came out in, I think, 2021. This is the one that Anthony Hopkins won an Academy Award for, which oddly enough and funny enough, when he won the award, he was sleeping. I think he was like in Australia or London or something, so he didn't even know he won until he woke up. Which, by the way, I think The Father is the scariest film I've seen, maybe ever. And I don't mean that as a joke. I mean that as a very real thing because it deals with Alzheimer's. And I think that is a frightening reality that most people don't face. Again, Another film that is worth it, worth watching and disturbing. And the thing with The Father, I think, is that it strikes a a very particular and direct chord with me because it's something that my family deals with as well since my grandmother is also suffering from Alzheimer's. And it's hard and not easy for any of us. It's a difficult subject, but that's what this film is about and I'm going to try my best to review it. So here we go. The Father. It also stars Olivia Coleman, who plays his daughter, plays Anthony Hopkins' daughter in this film, and she's kind of looking after him, trying to get him the best care that he can have, given this discovery of him having Alzheimer's or him doing it. The film kind of unveils it quite perfectly. As you're watching the film, you just slowly start realizing or recognizing it, and not really that slowly. It's pretty clear right away that you're like, okay, this guy kind of has 
something. So you're always seeing it from him, but then there are like little hints of Olivia Coleman's perspective. And it's a very difficult balance and it's just like teetering on on like a fine line where it's like you're seeing Anthony Hopkins, you're seeing Olivia Coleman's perspective, and then you're seeing something completely else as just like a moviegoer, you know, or as just a person watching a film. And it's just so beautifully and heartbreakingly done. But like this is the type of film, the way that it was done, it made you feel like you had it. You know, one of the most real versions of it where it's like you're trying to understand the puzzle pieces in your own head and then he's doing it and he's trying to figure it out and you feel like you're being tricked and then he's being tricked and you're like, no, but where is his watch? There's like a constant motif of like he's trying to find his watch and he believes somebody stole it, but, you know, it's obviously not stolen and then like the nurse isn't the nurse and then his daughter isn't his daughter and it's just heartbreaking fucking thing one after the other and I think it was just incredibly difficult for those reasons alone but so many more and I say it's a horror film I think for me personally obviously they'll probably label it as a drama or it is labeled that way but it's just scary because it's a true reality the scariest things can be true and that's what this film is I've seen it firsthand we talk about it with my family as often as we can just because you can't avoid it And again, that's kind of the theme here where it's like, that's what makes it a good film. That's what art does. You know, it makes you face your fears a little bit. And this film did that for me where you see this and you're like, shit, man, it does not look fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's not a good film, but you got to watch it because it brings up good discussions and it brings up good awareness. I know a personal story, my mom... And my stepdad, Andrew, went to go visit my grandmother. And my mom called me one day and she was like either crying or about to cry or just finished crying or in the middle. My mom's always crying. So in between some parts of crying, she calls me and she's like, I I was in there and I was visiting Mimi, my grandmother. And she was like, Andrew, we have to have a plan talking to my stepdad. And and they were just having a conversation, like just seeing the position that my grandmother is in now in bed, suffering from Alzheimer's. And it's just like, we have to have a plan, you know, because if you don't, it can get scary. And I think that's what this movie kind of did for me, where it's like, dude, just think about this. You know, we're all getting older. We should all face our fears a little bit, because if we don't, we just kind of avoid them and they become these like kind of trauma spills that we just put newspaper over we can't be so quick to just cover all of our problems with newspapers sometimes i just think the father was a very significant film because it just did a really good job of showing you how it can happen how it does happen how they feel because that's the beauty of a good film is that it it makes you feel you know a certain person's perspective And I thought the director, the acting, the writing, this was also based on another play. They do a really good job of helping you see, like, the casting, too. Like, to get Anthony Hopkins to play this person was just so well done and so scary and sad because we all grew up watching Anthony Hopkins. And to me, I say it's his most, like, terrifying role that he's ever been because it's like we root for him. We love Anthony Hopkins, even though we don't know him. That's the power of star power is that you feel like you know these people and you don't. And when you see Anthony Hopkins play a person who is suffering from Alzheimer's, given the age, given the look of what he's at, you're like, it pulls at your heart. 
because you know you love him as as just who he is as an actor and you don't even know him you know like it's it's just something else watching the performance and there's those moments where he's just so scared where he's so brilliant where he's so funny and then where he's so mean and it just it, it's all in this film wrapped up in a bow for you to pack or unpack man and it's it's again terrifying i would i would say what the whale was uh terrifying heartbreaking and worth it this film is horrifying real and obviously very worth it just to kind of put things in perspective um there's so much more i want to say about the father but i don't know if i'm ready yet and i don't know how to say it yet so i'm gonna stop for now Real quick, I'm going to give you a fast edit on my picks for the 2023 Academy Award nominated films. They're going to be Best Picture, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Directing, I believe it's The Daniels with Everything Everywhere All at Once. Again, they're going to be sweeping over here. Actor in a leading role, um, a little bit controversy. I think the Seattle Times are saying that uh, Austin Butler is going to win this one. I disagree. I got to go with Brandon Fraser in The Whale. And um, that's what the SAG said. And usually you go with the, the union, you know. Whatever the union ends up voting for is usually, that's a spoiler there, but uh, that's usually how it goes. Actress in a leading role. I'm going to go with Michelle and Everything Everywhere All at Once, the main mama. Uh, she's kicking everyone's butt this year and will continue to do so. Actor in a supporting role, I'm going to go with Mr. Kwan and Everything Everywhere All at Once. He has the best line of the film, so that means, you know, best line of the film, best uh, best supporting role this year. I think it's got to be him. Uh, we talk about that coming up later in another episode. Uh, actress in a supporting role, they're saying it's Angela Bassett of Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever. I'll be honest, I got a little Marvel fatigue this year, so I didn't watch as many Marvel films. Skipped Black Panther Wakanda Forever, but I probably will come around to that one. Um, I don't think Angela Bassett will win, although I'm, I mean, Angela Bassett, do the thing. I think it might be Jamie Lee Curtis, but we'll see. Animated feature films, we have some amazing ones this year, and oddly enough, not a Pixar film, which is, uh, which means it's open for everyone again. For animated feature film, it's going to be Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, in my opinion, although Marcel the Shell with shoes on is my uh my hope and that would be nice for them because that's a great picture it took them four years to make that one although i'm sure it also took guillermo quite a couple of years to make that one i just think there's more money behind pinocchio and um marcel though it's it's the best animated film that came out this year i think in my opinion although puss and boots also a really good one the sea beast i didn't watch and turning red i love the idea behind turning red i didn't get to watch it that's definitely on my queue has been as soon as it was announced I love the idea behind that film, and I will watch that one as well. But my pick right now is for Mar. Oh, sorry, is for Pinocchio. Marcel's my heart. You can tell. Cinematography is going to Elvis. Costume design is it's. Hmm, that's a tough one. I think costume design is probably going to go with Elvis, Black Panther, or Babylon. Um, but people are saying everything, everywhere, all at once. I don't know about that. But uh, let's see. Documentary feature film, I think it's Fire of Love, hands down, no problem right there. Um, they're also making that into a f uh, feature film. Fire of Love is on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. It's about a couple who's married, and they just study volcanoes, geologists, and it's outstanding. Uh, visuals are insane. I'm going to skip documentary short film because I didn't watch it, and neither did you. Unfortunately, sadly, let's, you know, uh, that's not our fault. They need to promote those better. Film editing uh, is everything, everywhere, all at once, hands down. Although Tar would be an interesting pick for that you know what's crazy is that cinematography 
is not going to Top Gun at all. I mean, that's probably its best thing. But whatever, I guess. International film, All Quiet on the Western Front. One of my favorite noms, Argentina 1985, should be up there too. Makeup and Hair is going to... I'm going to say The Whale. Interesting that Makeup and Hair are under one. But um, but yeah, Makeup and Hairstyling. Uh, I guess The Whale because, I mean, it, it just blows it out of the water. But All Quiet on the Western Front is also really good. Um, I know Elvis is the favorite, but I got to go with The Whale. Uh, original score, Fableman's John Williams, it really helped tell the story of that film and really brought out a lot of emotion. I think that score did it the most. I'm skipping original song. Production design, I think, should go to Babylon or Avatar. Really Avatar because it's so futuristic and they're designing a production in a way that no other film is or has, but I understand that they won't get that credit because people aren't ready for it. But if they do win, you heard it here first. Might be the way of the future. I'm going to skip animated short film because you didn't watch it and neither did I and we're both heartbroken about it because we should have. Same with live action film. Although live action, it's going to Alfonso Cuaron's Le Pupel, which uh, he's been supporting and I know that's the one that he wants to win and that's what's going to win. Uh, sound, Top Gun, as it should. Other, other nomination for sound, I think All Quiet on the Western Front. The Oscars always go for war films. Visual effects, if you don't go with Avatar, what are we doing here? You know, I'm just, come on. Uh, original screenplay, Banshees of Inchirene, Everything Everywhere, Fableman's Tar, or Triangle of Sadness. What's so tough on this one is that they're all incredible screenplays, and I think Everything Everywhere is just too OG um, for everyone right now. And uh, that's the one that's going to win original screenplay, although Banshees is definitely worth it, I think as is um, Triangle of Sadness, but eh, everything everywhere is just too original. So if it's original screenplay, they're going to give it to them. All right, that's it. I hope uh, you liked it. hope you wrote it down. hope you win your Oscar pools if you're making them. All right, that's the episode. For more movies like these and podcasts like these, but movies like these, visit solopicturestudios.com and uh, check it out. This podcast was produced in Los Angeles by me, Johnny Diaz, the solo podcast. Visit worldwide